Da 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 da. Jazz hands. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to. Wait a minute. This is not table for two plus you. Where am I? What dimension have I entered? I'm just kidding. I know where I am. But hello to all my Biconics wrestling nerds out there. Hi, how you doing? And welcome to the premiere rebranding for no longer Table for Two Plus You, but your takedown troop reviews for no longer Impact Wrestling, but for TNA Wrestling. I am so happy. This is the first episode of the rebrand for us here at the Biconics because we are now the Takedown Troop and we are now reviewing the rebranded Impact Wrestling, which is now known as TNA, peoples. As always, I am joined by one of my co-hosts, Will, who goes by Papa Oso in these parts here. Indeed. And me and him are going to be reviewing the third clip show that we got in a, in a row when it comes to all this. But... Honestly, I really enjoyed this one because this particular clip show took us through the greatest hits. If you were to show anyone what TNA wrestling is all about, they picked the right matches to show for these ones. And I 100% agreed with what we got. Unfortunately, we are missing our third co-host, Andrew, but he will be back next week as we cover the Go Home show and the preview show for Hard to Kill, which is next week which you will see all three of us not only over on the Patreon watching this thing, but you will see us review it in a week or so. So I'm excited about that. But like I said, me and Will here are just going to go through all of these matches that we got to see in these two hours and just give our brief oversights. And then we're going to go over all the announcements we got for Hard to Kill, which, you know... As much as I want regular TNA shows, I have to say this is how you make me excited for a pay-per-view by slowly dripping and teasing everything that we're going to get. So this is going to be fun. But let's just jump in. So after we get our introduction from our TNA commentary team of Tom Hannafan and Matthew the Drama King Raywald, they give us an overview of what to expect for the evening and then they give their little introduction which brings us to... The first match that we saw, which is the first ever TNA match that was televised on June 19, 2002. Lord have mercy. I'm trying to remember where I was in 20 in 2002. Uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I was eight. No, I was nine. <laughs> what is that? 21 years ago? Is that what it is? Let's see. We're in. I'm trying to think. We're 24 now, but... I'm gonna, We're I'm 20, like, 20. So 21 years, let's say 21. Just 20. Yeah, like 21, 22 years. Holy crap. I was 32 oh, at that time. <laughs> I still had hair. No, I was kidding. <laughs> I did. No, I don't think I still have hair. <laughs> We're old ladies and gentlemen and non-binary folks of the podcast land. <laughs> yeah. What a time. But anyways... So we were we got to see the first TNA match ever aired on television, which was the team of AJ Styles, Loki, and Jerry Lynn taking on the flying Elvises. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was going to be a squash match. I'm not going to lie. But the flying Elvises actually were a credible threat. I'm like, holy crap, I'm kind of rooting for these guys now. Yeah, I know. I, I thought it was going to be sort of a joke match. You know, like, oh, ha, ha, that's funny. But no, they were actually pretty good. I was like, I was kind of surprised. 
to be quite honest. Pleasantly so. This was a fun match. I was like, I'm going to preface by saying this for a lot of these matches I have never seen before. I've only seen like short clips of them, except for the awesome Kong Gale Kid one that I have seen. And the Beer Money and Motor City Machine Guns one, because that's when I was introduced to TNA proper back then. But man, this opening match was a lot of fun. I was like, oh, look at that. Jerry Lynn when he was still wrestling. I'm like, now he's over on Ring of Honor as a backstage on air personality i'm like we love you jerry lynn well it's just like look at aj styles look how young he was before he just got like, the soccer mom haircut as we call it over on the smackdown right right it's just so young i'm just all of them everybody we saw tonight it just god they're so young you know it's so weird thinking you know we watch these guys on a regular basis now and then here we watch these these you know, twenty-year-old give or take clips, and it's like, wow, look at these guys. <laughs> they were such babies. I mean, I think when we get to it, like, uh, like uh, Saban and Kazarian. I mean, Saban was twenty-one, and Frankie was twenty-six. I'm like, wow, that's yeah, man, just crazy. So yeah, these. I mean, it's it's really fantastic. You know, this. You know, I think this was in what nineties, right? This the first match wasn't it the nineties? This first match was in twenty two thousand and two. That was the crazy part. Okay, so it was close to the nineties, and I mean, I had not been watching wrestling for about ten years at this point. So a lot of these folks, I'm not familiar with. I mean, I am familiar with some of them, but not a lot of. Uh, like I know AJ Styles, I knew him, uh, and uh, Jesse Lynn, I knew, but like I didn't, I've never heard of the Flying Elvises, and never heard of. <laughs> there am I. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So and so I was like, oh, okay. When I was looking, I was like, hey, I know those two guys, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else throughout this evening, I only know them because I've recently started watching. Previously, Impact now TNA. <clears throat> that so now it's like I see them as their younger selves, but and I feel like I've known them forever now. You know, it's <laughs> like and literally I do. And after watching this clip show, I'm like, oh yeah, see, I knew them way back in you know in their first days. And so yeah, I, I really kind of like this this clip show because it. And I don't normally say that because I hate clip shows, but I really like this one because it kind of it kind of gave me some background on a lot of these folks. Mm-hmm that I didn't have. And I, and I, and I like that. I did too. This opening match was a lot of fun too. Now, if I remember the conversation I had with our other co-host Luis correctly, a lot of these TNA guys, Luis, because prior to what he's doing now, he was a wrestler. (laughs) So he got to work with some of these dudes. And that's why I like having Luis here because he gives us that insight. But this was a fun opener. Of course, the Flying Elvises pick up the victory here after showing that this was not going to be a joke match. Yeah. <laughs> because they had some really cool stuff. I was like, they why, did. Don't we, why do we not see these types of moves now? Okay, never mind. I was like, stop. I can't be that type of person. It was like back in my day. <laughs> but, you know, I, it, well, I will say, because I did say it to you in the, in the text that... <laughs> 
a lot of this wrestling was very old school, uh, like back in my day. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and which I really liked. I mean, I, I really, especially the earlier stuff, like this one, uh, and then the, well, several of the other ones at, later on, but they had that, that feel of the no holds barred, and, you know, when, when you see blood in the ring, it's real, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> people are intentionally trying to break each other's arms and legs and necks and things, you know, so it had that sense of not necessarily danger to it, but a sense of like less rehearsed, you know, it's like, Hey, I got this really good idea. Let me show you real quick. And then we're going to do it. <laughs> so, which is really, cause you can, you can tell it's just so great. Cause you can tell, a lot of the moves in these in the clips and you compare those to what we're watching now and unlike previously impact and now new tna or tna return the rest the the moves now you, they almost feel a little a little stuttery it's like okay are you set okay let me go you know it's so it, it doesn't feel as fluid like it does now because it literally, because back then, it was a, it was less safe, quote unquote, uh, and so it literally was like, okay, I have this really cool idea. Let me show you how to do it. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, we, we're going to be filming it in about ten minutes. You know that sort of thing, and that's kind of what it felt like. So at moments, it felt like, oh, is this what I'm supposed to do? Okay, yeah, this is it. You know, it's it it has that sense of ooh, ooh, ooh you know, <laughs> so. I really like that. I really, because back in, back in the eighties, you know, when I was really into watching wrestling, it was like that. It was, it was very much like they like ran through it once and then they filmed it type of thing. You know, it was no, okay, let's get together and let's, let's spar and kind of work through it. You know, that sort of thing. It was, you know, like go through it two or three times. It was literally like, okay, we went through it once. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and so you, and that's what it felt like with this first match for sure is that because there were a couple of moments where i was like oh i saw you checking to see if the guy was in place and you know then you know or oh almost missed him because he wasn't in place or you know things like that happening i really found that i really find that very interesting and fun to watch because it really kind of reminded me of when i was a kid absolutely so this first match was awesome and then the next two segments that we got were just some big names that are part of TNA's history. So like the debut of Christian Cage, who is now in AEW. And I didn't know that he used the same theme song in TNA as he does in AEW, which is great. It's I funny. love it. It's great. And then, of course, the debut of Kurt Angle in TNA also as well when he left, you know, WWE or WWF at that time. And he was in T- he, was, <laughs> he was a big staple in TNA. He crossed paths with Samoa Joe, headbutted him, blood, fight. Yes, loved it. It was great. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to admit this next match, the Battle of the Futures from June from a June 25th, 2003 episode. This was like the Twilight Zone for me of the whole entire night because they're like, all right, Battle of the Futures. Who's fighting this? Chris Saban and Frankie Kazarian. And then I see a baby face, like a baby, baby Chris Saban, who is in his tw- both 21 years old he was 21, 21 years old and then looking over at a baby faced frankie kazarian 26. too 
Holy crap. I know. I was like, I didn't even realize that was Frankie. Cause I didn't hear them announce because I was doing something else and I came in. I heard them say Chris Saban and I was like, oh, cool. So I was like, and then I started watching and then I was like, oh, wow. And that's when I was like, oh, look at baby face Chris Saban, you know, is texting Mikey. And, and then all of a sudden I was like, wait. Is that, that Frankie, Frankie Kazarian? <laughs> I recognize those bone structure cheeks from anywhere. Like, even well, though he looked younger. Shot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he had that weird, like, braid ponytail in the back, you know, with it all shaved around. I mean, it was so funny. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then, then, then immediately after that's when they were like, oh, you know, Chris Saban, he was 21 years old at the time. Or he's 21 years old right now. Frankie Kazarian is 26. They're young, young, young. And I was like, wow. Wow. And it's so, and it, and this is no diss on either of them because I think they're both very handsome men today. But you can see the age on them yep. today from this. I mean, you know, this is 20 years ago. So obviously <laughs> they're like in their 40s. And, but it's so funny to see, it was so funny to see Chris and Frankie so young. Their, their skin was like flawless you know and now they've got age on them which makes them look sexier to be quite honest but it's just it's just so weird to see that that juxtaposition between 20 years ago to today it's just it's crazy crazy again this was so surreal to watch because i'm used to seeing frankie and chris on television now i was like oh my gosh they're so they're babies. Oh my they god! Are. And this is a they were babies match, that man. match, but that that match ruled so that much. That was so good. I was like, wow. I was like, oh, so this is why I like both of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see this fight again, but now, now that they have more experience, you they know? both traveled the world. They've wrestled lots yeah. of people and developed their own style. Ooh, let's revisit this. Run it back. Seriously, they should do like a recreation event where they literally look at all these and like, let's recreate these these moments and put them together and let them fight. I would love to see that. Flashback Friday or some shit like that. I don't know. That would but be phenomenal. I would love it. I'd love, you know, like, yeah, I, I would love it because this was such a great match. <laughs> you know, having never seen it before, I was just like, Man, it was on fire. It was on fire. Both of them. I didn't know who was going to win this one. I really didn't. It could have been either one of them. Honestly, it could have been too. And commentary during the actual match himself, like the X Division Championship, Frankie was holding the title at that time, which is crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. But Frankie picked up the victory here, and I'm just like, Damn, I, I was just like, now I understand why I really like Chris Saban and Frankie Kazarian now. Seeing they were just the thing that they were like barely a few years into their wrestling careers by at this point, and they still were amazing, just like they are now. I'm just like, kudos yeah. to both of them. Agreed. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then from one TNA OG original and Chris Saban and Frankie Kazarian to another. We had this in-studio segment where Tom Hannafan like had a conversation and was talking to Eric Young. <laughs> and so we got Eric Young is one of the few people, OGs, who's been with Impact from the very beginning. 
and has kind of stayed with them for the longest time. We got to go through his career in TNA. We got to see, you know, different clips of him. I totally forgot he was Knockouts Tag Team Champion with ODB at, in like 2010 era TNA. I was like, oh, I miss ODB and Eric Young. They were great. And then <laughs> I just found this funny. and I'm not throwing my co-host under the bus, but as both of us were watching this segment, Wilt messages me and he's just like, I need Eric Young to grow his beard out again. <laughs> He was sexy with a beard. <laughs> it really was. I'm not going to lie. I was like, ooh, okay. Of course, we're in the age of beards, you know, which is, I, I, if we stay here forever for the rest of my life, I'm good to go with that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was, I was like, oh, yeah, he needs to grow that out again. Because that was, that was yummy. It was truly, it was yummy. I mean, we're not going to complain here, but nope. I was just like, dang, I forgot how many different character arcs that I Eric know, Young I went was... through and all the different versions of his character that he had in TNA. Yeah, I was like, that was fun to watch. That was really cool. I still think my favorite Eric Young was the Knockouts Tag Team Championship. Eric Young, him and ODB were running the women's tag team division. Oh, I saw it. That was funny. That was funny. I miss ODB. I want her to return so bad, like unretire herself and come back to TNA. She was just, I loved her character. She's this trailer trash, like redneck woman, but she right. can actual wrestle. And then the funny bit was that she leaned into it because she had big, she has big bazongas. She would use them as weapons. Love it. Which I love. I God, love I ODB. Love and I love Eric Young too, because Eric Young, in his recent iteration was a serious character when he was the lead of the design. But I was like, I forgot he could be funny too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, there were some funny moments in there. I was kind of like, that's hilarious. I love that. I love the versatility of, a, of, a, of an artist, you know, who can be the serious, the little serious character, mm -hmm. super silly character. And then, sort of the the sidekick character you know and he's super versatile so that was that was very cool to watch it it really really was and then from here you know tom hannafan and eric young introduce you know one of the important things that i was looking forward to and i was hoping they were going to show and they did was how important the knockouts division has been over the years in tna's history and we got one of my favorite knockout matches from the 2000s era of TNA for the knockouts championship at turning point 2007, the champion at the time, Gail Kim taking on her biggest opponent yet in awesome Kong. Listen, this match proves to me and you know, I am a big fan of Gail Kim. I have always have been. I think she has, she's one of my favorite female wrestlers of all times, not just in TNA, but across all of the promotions. And that's saying a lot because I have a lot of fit. I love a lot of women's wrestlers, both newer and older. Gail Kim to me is the top of the mountain for me because she is that good. And I was reminded how much I loved Gail Kim so much in this match. But awesome Kong too. And I love when we, me and Will were messaging this while we were watching. He's like, wait a minute. Isn't awesome Kong from Glow? I was like, yes, she is. She she was in that show. Kia. <laughs> Evens, I didn't realize she played uh, Tammy Dawson in Glow. 
<laughs> I did not realize that until we were, I think I was halfway through the match. You're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because <laughs> she, she did something with her eyes. She got all big and, and she does that in glow. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, I think that's, no, is it? I'm like, Google, 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 Google. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kia Stevens. I was like, oh my God. I loved her in glow. I loved her. Tammy <laughs> Tammy was one of my favorite characters. That's so, oh that was so awesome. This was great. Man, I loved this made me love Awesome Kong even more because Right? Like, I'm sorry, but when she like she she whooped that referee. She powered bombed him. <laughs> I was like she <laughs> Gail Kim and Awesome Kong have one of the best rivalries in any women's promote like any women's division across any other promotion like gail versus awesome kong was like the pinnacle of women's storytelling of women that can actually wrestle like oh my goodness didn't they fight on the same side in the a thousandth episode? episode yep they were I on the same so. team i thought so i couldn't remember i was like i think they were on the same team i think so yep because which, they which were part of the awesome. face team right. with trinity and mickey yeah and jordan such a great team. It was. It was but, so man. This, this match was fun. It was super fun. Kong and God, just the power. Oh, yeah. And this match really solidified Awesome Kong as a big threat in the knockouts division. And, of course, Gail Kim is amazing. I love her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This was such a fun match. It was so great. And it's so true, though. It's I mean, you know, it's so funny how the how very important the knockouts are. I mean, I, I love how upfront TNA is with their women's wrestlers. I love that. You know, I and I think more companies need to do that because I'll say it again, and I don't care who's, who who hates me for it, but women's wrestling sometimes outdoes men's wrestling. Like there are legitimate. You put like the heavyweight men up against some heavyweight women or even just any women. And I'm like, the women's matches are better. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not. And that's okay. But a lot of times they are. They're better than a lot of like main events, events but in the men's. Cause like I've watched, you know, we've, you know, I've been watching since I don't even know how long it's been now, but a few months. But you have a couple of pay per views underneath yeah. your belt from both NXT and for it, well, and Impact slash TNA, yeah. yeah. And I can honestly tell you, there have been some men's main events that have been dwarfed by some of the women's like normal events. And I'm just like, oh, wow, well, all right, well, that should tell you something. <laughs> should tell you that you got some amazingly good women wrestlers, like some incredibly talented women. And I love that TNA doesn't bury them in the background, you know, or NXT. I don't think NXT does it either. I think NXT does pretty, is pretty good at it too. But, um, but I really love that, that TNA is very, very like our women are important. We'll put women in a main event, you know, and it's like, hell yeah. Cause women's wrestling, it's amazing. <laughs> we 100% agree and to piggyback off that as well I think TNA does a really good job of 
a lot of the pay-per-views we have our women's champions be the main event for the lot of the pay-per-views more so than the other companies now we've had some really fun women's main events over in nxt like no mercy we had tiffany versus becky in that you know (laughs) extreme rules match which was fantastic and the women always get spotlighted but man, TNA does a good job of always having women's ch- their champions main event the show and mm-hmm. are always like it's just so good. And I agree. Listen, 2024 is here. I am so excited for women's wrestling in general. I'm really looking forward to what direction TNA goes with the knockouts division, both in the singles and the tag team divisions. And we'll talk about, you know, some knockout news towards the end when we talk about our hard to kill announcements that we got. So then from here, Tom Hannafin and Matthew Raywald remind us that older TNA also had a working relationships with other, you know, promotions in other countries. And they mentioned New Japan and then, you know, promotions in Mexico, like we saw a couple weeks ago when Impact went to Mexico as well. But we got a match from Wrestle Kingdom, which is New Japan's like biggest pay-per-view event of New Japan Wrestling. And this is a match in Wrestle Kingdom 2009, which saw the team of Kurt Angle, Masa Chono, Kevin Nash, and Ricky Choshu versus Giant Bernard, Carl Anderson, Takashi Izuka, and one of my personal favorites that is still wrestling, Tomohiro Ishii. I loved the Stone Pitbulls so much. But he's out on injury right now. Hopefully he recovers. And I can't wait to see him back wrestling because him and Josh Alexander had a baller match last year. It was in 2022. <laughs> it was crazy. But I was just like, and this was the match where Will was texting me. He was just like, Kevin Nash is going to feel that in the morning. I'm like, absolutely. He, he could barely walk down the ring, man. I was like, oh, poor Kevin Nash. I love you. I forgot. How, I forgot that you, you almost like, killed yourself to continue to wrestle past it i was like ooh, big man big men wrestlers always have a hard time because they're so big it's like it's just the wear and tear on their bodies yeah i thought that i didn't i don't think i didn't know any of these folks i don't think i did let me let me double check i mean me and you both know kurt angle so that that's you know kurt angle yes we know kevin nash yeah okay kevin nash and then as far as everyone else, like I, I, I know who Carl Anderson is because he's currently in WWE, but he also wrestled in New Japan for a while. And then, of course, I know Tomohiro Ishii because he's still in New Japan and he's one of their fo- foundations of their whole entire promotion. So Right. So. I didn't but but I didn't know many of these folks. I, I said maybe two, may, two, maybe three, but. I really like, you know, I really, I really like the, the Asian style of fighting as well. These, man, these guys were like. Strong styles, big and They were, man. I was just like, dang. And they hit hard. (laughs) I was like, ooh, ooh, okay. And it was really funny because this is the match that I was, I was commenting about how the paparazzi were all around the edge of this, of the ring. It's it's really interesting, too, because we don't get to see this a lot. And it wasn't only until like recently that we got to see it, like how wrestling is not I want to say viewed differently, but like 
how it's treated like it's treated different but wrestle kingdom is new japan's biggest event and they have massive stadium for that and just like it's so good and i love that they always for wrestle kingdom they always put wrestle kingdom has one of my favorite things that i wish more companies did wrestle kingdom has some of the best entrances for the wrestlers in the matches like they all everybody goes all out there's like costumes there's like theatrics i'm gonna send you a video will will osprey and i'm so excited to review this pay-per-view on monday with some of the boys that are doing it but wrestle kingdom just happened wrestle kingdom 18 will osprey's entrance for his mask was so cool because he took inspiration from the assassin's creed video games and so he came out like dagger and because he was taking inspiration from when assassin's creed was in london during that one of their games like he had the top hat and everything and then he went down with the stage and then just popped up like so thea okay so i'm a big (laughs) sorry i'm like going off topic but this is important because we're talking about (laughs) wrestle kingdom 2009 but i'm gonna send you a picture of one of my favorite people who anytime he has a wrestle kingdom match is just his costume Oh my goodness. <laughs> Current junior heavyweight champion for New Japan. I'm just going to I'm just going to show you a picture while we're talking. Anyways, let's get back on track here. Well, that's fine. Well, you know, speaking of that. I mean, it was funny. Well, speaking of the match, cuz this is my first time exposure to this this sort of thing as well. But it was so interesting to look at the audience differences between American audiences and like Japanese audiences. It was just so everyone was just sort of lined up, sat there and it was a sea of like glass glare, you know, because their glasses were like glaring in the thing. But it was just so neat to see the difference between like the Japanese style of wrestling, you know, beyond the sumo style, but like, you know, this sort of Western idea of wrestling and like Americanized wrestling. It was just so neat. And it's so funny that the American wrestlers stood out, you know, like sore thumbs. It was so funny, and uh, and I and I loved it. I just thought it was so great. It's very much like American theater versus like Japanese theater. It's the very the idea of the two are very different. Like Kabuki or no theater or Bunraku or things of that are very like traditional. Everything it's very traditionalized. See, you know, in America, we don't really have that idea. You know, we don't have, you know, we have a sense of it, of the idea of like generational art forms um, where, you know, like father passes it down to their son, to their son passes it down to their son, down to their son, down to their son. You know, we have the idea of like wrestling destiny families, you know, but it's so neat. It was just so neat to see this sort of, different because again i've never watched japanese wrestling before this is my very first match officially you know and i mean it wasn't even a full match but you know because you know it's a clip show so they're just they're clipping it down but it was just so fascinating to watch and it was the and to watch the different styles the american style of wrestling and the japanese style of wrestling sort of mixed together and it was it was so neat to watch it just so it was just you can, it's almost like, you know, well, dare I say it, like discipline versus undisciplined. You know, like Japanese wrestling felt very disciplined. It was very like specific. 
you know, and American wrestling is just all over the place, you know, we're just like, what are by any means necessary, you know, it's like sort of, sort of crazy and all the way out there. So it was just really neat for me. It was really neat to watch this sort of thing. Oh my God, that's crazy. You don't get that kind of theatrics in American wrestling. So for no. those who are watching the review and have no idea what's happening, I sent to Will a picture of Hiromu Takahashi's entrance gear from Wrestle Kingdom 18. And I'm just like, I want that like immediately. That's so funny. So uh, here's my question. then: mm-hmm. Did they, cause we only got clips of this. We didn't get to watch the whole, like the entrances and all that. For this. Right. Mm-hmm. So did in this original one, did they enter in costumes? I want to say probably now I will say wrestle. So like, I wouldn't say up until maybe like 2013, like there were some costumes, but it was very disciplined. So, and anybody who is a hardcore new Japan person can correct me in the comments because I want to make sure I'm talking correctly, but I believe Anthony Anoki was still alive and was still in charge at that time with new Japan. So new Japan was all about like mostly Japanese wrestlers, very disciplined, hard, strong style, which is, I love because we have some of my favorites. Like Shinsuke Nakamura is one of my favorites. They call him the King of strong style because he's the best. And, and you know, and we, I'm lucky to see him in WWE, but I want to say like come 2013, 2014, is when Anthony Anoki, before he passed away, opened the doors to allow foreigners to come in and be mm. a part of it. So now New Japan so has evolved into what we have now. Westernized a little bit. Westernized just a little bit, but yeah. like we have, we still have great strong style Japanese wrestling and amazing right. Japanese wrestlers like Hiromu Takahashi, Kazuchika Okada, Sonata, as me and you saw during the emergence pay per view against yeah. his in his match against Jake so something they- like. So you have those basically, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's okay. So we have all those Japanese wrestlers, but then you have a lot of good, like European and just foreign talent in general, like Will Osprey, mm-hmm. Jeff Cobb, Great Khan. Like, you just have a lot of people coming over to New Japan and it's been diversified, which I love to see. And of course, New Japan is a big thing where factions is like a staple. So there's like five main factions in new Japan and everyone's a part of some of these factions. And it's, it's really fun. Except don't join the house of torture. House of torture is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so I guess like what I was going to say, or before I interrupted, I apologize, but so I guess when he passed, I guess we, this is, I guess it's when kind of like showman showmanship kind of entered the, where everyone now it's like a show basically, as opposed to like, a very disciplined sort of, you know, we do everything by A, B, C, D, E, F, G, by the book, one, two, three, four, you know, now it's more like, here, let me, let me, let me peacock for you, basically. Let me showcase for you, you know, and it's actually, it's funny as I make a a sort of relation to what I do, which is theater, is you can look at a lot of the, like in Kabuki theater, in Kabuki theater, they have these moments where the characters will come out, especially the samurai, the arigatos sort of character, will come out and strike these poses, and it like they they make themselves look huge, and they and it's basically to show off the costume is really what they're doing. But it kind of reminds me of that, you know, that sort of moment 
to yeah basically peacock to show off to the audience like look at look at me on this grand thing you know and i and i really kind of like that i kind of like that it's kind of theatrical in, in a sense like you know more so than what we do here in america you know it's theatrical but that is theatrical you're adding costumes i'm telling you you know that's that's gonna, a truly yeah. theatrical thing i'm gonna give you some homework i know you can't join for the review on monday but i want you to at least over the next week or so, I'm gonna give you. Okay, I'm a. Yeah. I'm. I'm a happy watch Wrestle Kingdom because the wrestling is awesome too. But I'm telling you, all the entrances for pretty much every single participant in there, it is so good. I okay. and I think that's why I love Wrestle Kingdom is one of my favorite pay per views of the year because it's not just about I'm gonna get good wrestling, but I'm a big sucker for the theatrics. Like, like example, yeah. I love Hiromu Takahashi's outfit and every year he just finds a way to top himself in his entrance gear i'm like i want it now i will wear it i don't care right it is so, <laughs> it is so good yeah bring and, it on you know, i'd love to to look at some more oh for sure i'm gonna i'm gonna send you i'm gonna give you the information so you can watch wrestle kingdom okay so it's it's a lot of fun Speaking of things that were a lot of fun, we got our the tag team match from Victory Row 2010, Motor City Machine Guns versus Beer Money. Once again, we love the names and the theatrics. Yeah. Of everything in TNA is so good. Well, I didn't hear the name. I don't think that I, I don't think they did they at the beginning of the match, I don't think they said what their their tag team name was. So I didn't no, know who but, they were. No, but Matthew Raywall and Tom Hanneman uh-huh. said it before we got yeah. into the clip. But, I didn't you know. hear that. I didn't right. hear it. So I was like, okay. I was like, oh, Motor, Motor, Motor City Machine Guns. I was like, I know. Oh, I, I recognize them immediately. I was like, oh, yeah, that's Motor City Machine Guns. I was like, who are they, who are they wrestling? And then I, in the commentary of the, of the match, I heard someone say beer money. And I was like, is that, their, is that the name of the tag team? That's why I sent Mikey a text. I'm like, beer money, question mark? <laughs> And I was like, it's a tag team that was made up of Bobby Roode and Lance Storm. It was so funny. And then, of course, seeing the younger versions of the Motor City Machine Guns 14 years ago. Holy crap. Yeah, that, they were young again. And if this was, then we see, you know, both of them super Chris young. Chris Saban and babyface Alex Shelley. Yeah, Shelley as well. I was like, wow. This Kill. match rolled because... I forgot this was the ending to this match because the match itself was great. But then Will and I were like messaging back and forth talking about, I forgot. And this is Will real first introduction to a double pin and then yeah. restarting the match. Yeah. I had never seen that before. That was, I was like, wild. I kind of want more of it now. <laughs> uh huh. Oh, me too. Absolutely. I thought it was so cool. I was like, okay, that was badass. I was like, and I love the, it's, I love the, the two referees arguing, you know, and, and of course the senior referee has the final say and it was like, Oh, okay. So then he was like, yeah, it's gotta be restart. I've got to have a restart. And I was like, Oh, dang. And then motor city machine guns quickly pick yeah. up the win and become your new TNA tag team champions, which I was like, yes, baby Saban and baby Shelly. You could, I love you. you guys win. <laughs> Yay. That it was, it was so much fun. Was, and then, of course, match. yeah. And then we get the main event of this clip show from Unbreakable 2005 to the X Division Championship Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. 
Yes, that's all I could say. I was like, oh my god, I forgot how good this match was. It was really good. I was I was kind of surprised. I was I didn't know. I mean, again, I, I mean, I've seen AJ Styles wrestle before, and I'm pretty sure I've seen Christopher Daniels wrestle. I don't, but I've never seen Samoa Joe wrestle. I've never seen him wrestle before. I've seen yeah. him, but I've mm-hmm. never seen him wrestle. And I was like, wow, it was crazy. Man, poor, poor Christopher Daniels was getting his butt kicked at the beginning of this. Right, <laughs> which made sense, though, because at that time, he was like a super obnoxious heel, which I love when their butts get whooped. Yeah, it was just like, oh, wow, you go, bud. You, you go. They were like, here, let me, that you did it wrong. Let me show you how to do that. <laughs> when he kicked him in the back, that was so funny. I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is cracking me up. Cracking me up. It was such a good match, though. Yeah, lots of false finishes. I think Samoa Joe, like, diving over the rope and cannonballing both of them yeah. on the floor was crazy. And then on yeah. top of that, too, this was also when Will was just like, a six-sided ring? I'm like, yeah, that was a staple of early TNA. Instead of a four-sided ring, it was six-sided. But we don't use it no more because it's shorter distance and it's a lot smaller than a square ring. And also, when you bounce off the ropes it actually w- wore the body down faster because of like the yeah, different I wonder if, and i wonder if that's just because it was smaller probably like if it was a larger hexagon like you know with standard size basically roping like it right. would have to be huge but well not huge but it'd probably be about one and a half a normal ring size mm-hmm. i mean i would love if they could find a way to bring that back because that was so cool it was so cool. Then when you were like, "Oh, it's really hard," I'm like, "Oh, well, then we don't want that." But no, <laughs> like, but if there was a way that they could, they could make it safer on their on the right. Wrestlers, I would love I to would see it come like, back, even for one night thing. Yeah, that would be so cool. That would be super cool. Or even if it was like a specialty thing, like you know, they bring out the hexagon. You know, it's like, like for a specialty like, match or something. Yeah. Yeah, they don't do it like all the time, but maybe once they bring it back, you know, once of like a specific, you know, like a cage match, you know, sort right. of thing. That'd be really neat. But yeah, that was really cool. I was like, God, I wish they could use this more. I was like, oh no, it's really bad. It, it like it hurts people. I was like, oh, well, then we don't want to do it. But if they could do never it safely, mind. If they could do it safely, I would be like, absolutely. Because I just love that look. It was so neat. And there's so many different options, you know, to to do things from. So, yeah, anyway, oh, I, I was totally fixated on the ring. <laughs> yeah, this match ruled. I loved it so much. It did. It absolutely did. I, I really enjoyed the... I, I enjoyed all of them. That's what's so great about it. I really enjoyed all of them. There wasn't a one that I was like, eh. I truly enjoyed all of them. <laughs> it was a really good night of wrestling. I mean, it really was. It really was, and it got me hyped. I was like, I now I remember why TNA was a good competition with some of the other co- like WWE back then, and now it makes me even more excited that we're getting the rebirth of TNA in 2024. Which yeah. you know, before we get into that, let's quickly, I guess, give our rating out of ten here. I'm gonna give this a solid eight out of ten. Again, this was memory lane kind of stuff, but they picked some really good matches to highlight why. Uh, people fell in love with TNA during its run back in the 2000s. And I'm just like, in the early 2010s too. 
I actually gave it an 8.75. Yay! Because, and the reason I gave it an 8.75 is because it showed me some things that I had never seen before. And it exposed me to to new styles of wrestling and uh, kind of gave me some history of TNA in this, in this short amount of time, an hour and a half. But I think watching these matches kind of gave me a history lesson. And I I appreciate it. So, so I get eight point seven. You know, I'm gonna yeah. I think this was fun. You know, again, some of these matches I've seen before because I saw clips of them. Of course, Gail Kim and Awesome Kong definitely because like that's the iconic match you want to talk about when it comes to knockouts, women's matches. I really enjoyed this clip show and it made me excited to look forward to, even though I won't be here to cover the preview show for Hard to Kill next week. <laughs> yes, I'm throwing a fit like a 10 year old. I'm that upset because I'm, but I am excited that I get to join my co host for the Hard to Kill watch along that's going to be posted on the Patreon. So we're going to be watching it live on Friday and you will get to see the video on Patreon if you go ahead and subscribe. But Let's talk about some news in TNA since we got a little bit of time. First and foremost, that what was announced during the clip show, which was also plastered on social media because TNA just doesn't believe in waiting. <laughs> we get the announcement that in Mar- we have the March pay-per-view for TNA, TNA Sacrifice, which is going to be on Friday, March 8th, 2024. I'm like, okay, so we got to watch it. So it airs on Friday. We're probably going to have a watch along we want to on saturday and then we got review that sucker on sunday and i'm like tna why you do this to me literally six days before is aew's revolution and i gotta review that too but i'm excited i will not be surprised at the end of hard to kill we get the announcement of the date and the location for the next tentpole pay-per-view for impact which is rebellion in april Listen, I'm telling you, if it ends up being in the Texas area, I don't care. We're going to find a way to fly out there, and we're all going to go watch. They never come to Texas. They need to come to Texas. Seriously. I was just like, I thought about it. Me and Andrew were like, hmm, it's in Vegas. This is the closest that TNA has ever gotten to us on the West Coast. But then we're like, nah. I was just like, I I don't got the money right now to do so. I'm telling you, listen, the beautiful thing about the Biconics is because, well, Will is an honorary West Coaster because he's the only person in Central because <laughs> Professor, Andrew, myself, and Minnie, we're all West Coasters. We're on the West Coast. Then you have JBL, Adolfo, Adolfo Jesse, and yeah. Luis are all East Coasters. East Coast. And then Will is the lone representation. He's in the middle. So I was just like... So I'm thinking, okay, like who I was just like, he's like literally smack dab in the middle It's like equilateral distance between the West and the East. <laughs> and so we, so we all talked about it and Will's on the West coast team. Fair. Because he's on the best review shows ever with me That's and Andrew. Fair. So therefore by default, he's a West coaster. There you go. But unless any of the promotions go to Texas, then we all become central standard time peoples. And we will like for reals. I'm telling you. <laughs> See, I, wrestling used to come to to, to Texas. Used to come to Houston. Right? All I don't know the why time. they. I mean, I mean, Ring of Honor had their final battle pay per view, which was back in December, and that was in Garland, Texas. So, mm-hmm. which is about two hours from me. Ugh. 
I didn't like, even hey, know Will, that. I, know, I, I was that. like, hey, Will, you don't cover Ring of Honor, but if, like, I'll buy you a ticket. Go, 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 if go I ahead. had known it was there, I would have. I didn't even know it was going on over there. <laughs> I had no Listen, clue. we will find a way. We're going to get 2024's mission for the Biconics Boys is for all of us to at least attend some sort of wrestling show or pay-per-view or something. I just happened to be able to go to two this year because I got to go to WrestleMania both nights and NXT stand and deliver because they were in my backyard in LA. And then I got to go to full gear for AEW because it was also in Los Angeles. So, so good. Anyways, so let's, so Sacrifice is in March and I would not be surprised at the end of Hard to Kill that they announced the location and date for Rebellion in April, which I'm super excited for. But speaking of Hard to Kill, Yes. Well, well, paint me tickled. March 8th, March 8th, WWE SmackDown will be in Dallas. <gasps> now, do we do we do we send you as a correspondent for the SmackDown boys? <laughs> you know, <laughs> review SmackDown. I need to see how much tickets. <laughs> While Will is looking that up. Let's talk about hard to kill news that we got this week. <laughs> okay, that's not horrible. <laughs> okay, that's like, that's I'm, horrible. I don't want that, but I mean, like, for you know, uh, <laughs> sorry, help will buy tickets on like, this review. <laughs> let me see for what is this area called? What is it considered? Sorry, uh, this is the Air, the American Airlines Center, which is huge. This is a big arena. Yeah, it is. So for the plaza level, it's only one hundred eighteen dollars, which is <laughs> this, which is the level right at the floor. It's right before you right. the floor. It's not horrible. I mean, the floor floor forget tickets. The floor. Are no, the floor. <laughs> you can forget the floor seats. Even I don't go to those. I was like, unless it is for. Listen, I I review SmackDown, but. Unless it is a pay per view, I'm not. I won't even pay that much for a pay per view. I bought the nosebleed seats for for <laughs> WrestleMania, and they were fifty bucks, and we were way up there. But now let me tell you, fifty dollar tickets. They do have fifty dollars. The NXT tickets I paid thirty dollars, and we were a lot closer to the ring. But I think that's because smaller venue. <laughs> right. I mean, so, you can get like. I mean, there's some decent seats for like a hundred dollars. <laughs> And you did it get, I mean, you know, when you get up into the nosebleeds, you're you're getting into the like the, the $29 tickets. Right. Honestly. <laughs> so me and Will are going to figure out how to get him tickets afterwards, but let us so, let us talk about hard to kill because that I mean that's that's in March. So we're gonna send Will to SmackDown, but holy crap, Will, we're literally a week away from hard to kill. We finally are in the home stretch. I know. It's I've like, been waiting. This is literally the definition. Like we, they've been rolling out this pay per view and teasing. They, they've been teasing us for a month now, and they've been blue balling us so hard. <laughs> I was just I like, know, stop, right? stop playing with me. But let's talk about some announcements that we got this week. So we got two more matches added to Hard to Kill. So the first one that was announced earlier in the week is a fatal four-way for the TNA World Tag Team Championships. So this is going to see our champions, ABC, made up of Ace Austin and Chris Bay, 
defend those titles against the Rascals, which is Trey Miguel and Trey Miguel and Zachary Wentz. The debuting of the Grizzled Young Vets. I am so excited that they're in CNA. I love them so much. They're great. And then, of course, possibly the best tag team name out there. I don't care. People can at me in the comics. Speedball Mike Bailey and Trent Seven, which make up the tag team name of Speedball Mountain. <laughs> Yo, I'm so excited for this match. I, I love that tag team name. I'm really excited for this Fatal 4-Way. I think we're going to be seeing flips and we're going to see craziness. Speedball Mike Bailey is going to be kicking people left and right. I'm, this is this is how this is how you make people invested in tag team wrestling and other promotions. Like this is how we do it. Like I am that hyped. But then they weren't done. There's just like, oh, you like that match? Hold my beer. Then we get the announcement that Josh Alexander is going to have a match, which I'm happy for. I was like, how do you have like a big tent, a big tent pole pay per view, and not have Josh? And then it's like, oh yeah, Josh is going to fight. Who's he fighting? And then I see his opponent, I'm like, holy crap. When they said that worlds are colliding, like, worlds are colliding. So Josh Alexander is going one-on-one with former M- with former MLW champion Alex Hammerstone. I'm like, holy crap. I was like, this is a whole Viking, and I'm here for it. <laughs> this is like if Zanke from Street Fighter was a real thing. Seriously, I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was, I was like, just like, all right. This is a big Haas match, and I might faint because of how hot he is. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But they're going to kill each other, and I'm so excited. They are. Like, it's metaphorically speaking, insane. not really. It's going to be insane. This, this is the big Haas match that I was looking for. I was like, we're kind of missing a big Haas match. Well, there we go. But now, let's talk about the real reason we're all here. So, we got the announcement earlier in the week that every single day we're going to get. Who's going to be in the second ever Knockouts Ultimate X match? And it has been five days, and who knows? We may be getting more over the weekend, too. But at the time of this recording, the following Knockouts are going to be participating in this match. And I think this is a fun crop. So Giselle Shaw debuting Zaya Brookside from the UK, which I'm super excited for. Jody Threat, which I love. The Winner of the first X Division Knockouts match, Tasha Steeles and Alicia Edwards. I'm I love this crop of women, and then all three of us have been going back and forth. The two other names I want to see in this match is Kylan King, and I want to see Sunny Kiss on this list too. Yeah, I'm, I want to see those two, and honestly, I'm pretty sure we're gonna get. We're going to get a debut of some sort in this match or a return, and I'm here for it. I cannot wait to see what Hard to Kill has. I hope it's Mercedes Monet, but, you know, they might save it after Trinity's match. Who knows? We'll see. Right. But, oh, my goodness, Will. I think we're... Hang on. Let me check my notes from last week, because we went over pretty much a chunk of all the matches last week that we got. You know, I'm like, you know, the... You know, what I'm kind of excited about is the Rick Swan, Steve Macklin. Yes. Let me tell. So, yeah. So, one, two, three. So, we have three matches on the pre show. We had four matches announced prior. 
plus the two we got. So five, six, and the knockouts also. Yeah, so now we have six matches on the main card, and we have three on the pre-show. Nine matches total, Will. I know. I'm super excited. Super stoked. Listen, if they give me the same energy that Bound for Glory like presented to us when we watched that back in October, I am so ready. And I was just like, I'm ready for Hard to Kill to blow me away. Okay, so here's my question. Yes. What do you think they're doing with uh, Eddie Edwards and Brian Myers? Do you you know, gonna, I think, you, yeah, I think they're putting them together because Moose is kind of off in the title picture right now with Alex Shelley. So I feel like, I would not be surprised because these two have been a team together in the past. So I would not be surprised if this becomes they kind of reunite, Aband- bring them back together yeah, or Moose something. Ab- yeah, Moose abandoned me, so I'm going to join with Eddie, and then literally becomes a custody of Brian Myers on a pole match. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but no, I could see Brian Myers be like, "Bro, you ditched me to go after the main title, and you left me hanging." Eddie has been here for me, so you know. Yeah, I can see. It. I'm just the curious. best friends fight. Maybe that's what I think will happen. Yeah. But and I'm not gonna and, lie, I'm super mm-hmm. excited. I'm actually super excited about the Tommy Dreamer Crazy Steve fight. I hope Crazy Steve wins. <laughs> I want to. I hope crazy he does too. I, I'm. I think he will. I see. This that's my thing. I think he's. He's got to. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Tommy Dreamer has made me a believer, a dreamer believer. But <laughs> I, I mean. I don't know. See, I, I have doubts now because those last two yeah. matches that Tommy has been in, he's been like pretty badass, you know, for his, for his condition. I mean, he's been pretty badass, you know, like he hasn't been all weepy, mopey, boohoo me. He's been very much like, you want to talk some trash? Fine, let's do this. And I've been kind of like, well, what's this all about? That's <laughs> like, and I'm curious, I'm very curious to see this match. I'm very curious. I, I don't think excited is the right word. Curious is probably the more accurate term. <laughs> Honestly, I totally 100% agree. Because, I mean, it's a title match. And, again, I mean... it's like, it's so, it's so, I don't know. Anyway, we got some really good stuff coming at us in our and I will be sending in my predictions to the boys to read on air next week. Cause unfortunately I will not be here to review the preview show for hard to kill, but that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the takedown troop. And next week, as I said, is the preview special for hard to kill where we'll go over all the matches and then make the prediction. So will and Andrew are going to be holding down the fort and then they're going to read off my picks as well. But if you enjoyed this review, make sure to subscribe and check out our other stuff here on the YouTube channel. Make sure to follow us all over the social medias at BC WrestlePod. And make sure that you subscribe to the Biconics Wrestling Podcast, where not only can you find episodes of our actual podcast, but now you can find audio versions of these video reviews. So if you can't, if you can't dedicate time to watch the YouTube video, you could take us on the go, fit us in your pocket. You can listen to us on the long hard ride home to work, on you know the way to school, to listen to us in the middle of when you're in class. Don't do that, but also do that. Give us the numbers. Like, <laughs> anyways, we're everywhere now, so pretty much is great. 
And then, of course, if you want exclusive stuff that you don't get to see here on the YouTube channel, go subscribe to our Patreon, where we already have our watch along for World's End, and you will shortly get to see the watch along for Hard to Kill coming up next week. This is going to be so good. I cannot wait. This is going to be such a fun run. But from myself, Will, Andrew, and the rest of the Biconics boys, remember, take care of yourself, love one another, and stay Biconic, you beautiful bastards. We'll see you for the next review, but until then, ta-ta for now.